Drogba in der Mitte, da Schneider, Schneider Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Lions Den, a Galatasaray podcast, done by the community for the community. From all around our $1 billion studio, I'm your host Samet. As we have an audience of 52,000, I request you all to give a big applause to my fellow podcast members. From New York, America, we have Imre. How are you doing, Imre? Doing good. I'm doing good, Samet. Uh, as, as you guys can see, that Samet is back. We made a deal to bring him back on if Gol Sarai won, <laughs> and uh, here he is. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. I don't know. How do you feel about that American Yasin? Honestly, man, I think Emmer did a great job last time around. We might have to uh, give him a little bit more opportunity, maybe put you on the side a couple of times. <laughs> that's, how, that's, that's my honest opinion. I, I listened to this podcast with Emmer hosting maybe two, three times too many. I think he did a great job. Thank you, bro. I can agree with that. Thank you. Thank you. And all the way from Toronto, Canada, John, how did you think of uh, the performance of Emre? Brilliant. Brilliant performance. Man of the match. It is nice to have you back, though. Hopefully you don't get too, uh, you know, trigger happy with the soundboard today. We'll see how that goes. But uh, brilliant performance. Happy to have you back. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be back. Obviously, uh, we'll see what we will talk today. But first of all, to all of our listeners, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. There is so much to talk about. We will bring you the latest news as usual. And I've also given, again, some homework to the guys because we've had some news transfers, some personal edits we will see again. Finally, we'll end with the match performance against Antalya Spor. That said, let me. Uh, Chill, dude, chill. We're, we're, going, we're going on the news now, okay? <laughs> the passion, these spicy South Americans. I know, right? All right, here we go. The Seferovic family is getting quite comfortable in Turkey as we see Amina Seferovic, wife of Harris, absolutely loving Turkey and especially Uludağ Gazos. Olimpiu Morutsan is officially loaned to the Italian side Pisa Sporting Club. Loan fee of 150k euro with an obligation to play him 45 minutes for at least 25 games. If Pisa Sporting Club promotes to the Serie A, the 5.5 million euro optional buy clause becomes mandatory. Galatasaray terminated the contract of Aitaj Kara, alleviating 6 million tele from the salary budget. He signed right after with Kasim Pasha. Marcao Teseria was officially presented on 1st of August with Sevilla. An interesting discussion took place between him and Sevilla's club president. In front of their UEFA Cups, Jose Castro Carmano said, Marcao, these are the UEFA Cups we've won. Marcao replied by saying, I know the trophies, Galatasaray also has one. According to Yils Sabunjolu, Galatasaray rejected Torino and Sevilla's offer for Victor Nelson. Galatasaray wants a minimum of 20 million euro, while knowing the release clause of Victor Enoch Nelson is 25 million euros. According to Nevzat Dindar, Okan Buruk is not happy with the preseason performances of Ömer Bayram and Alexandra Chikildao. 
they won't be considered for next season, as Alexander Chikildao is also receiving some offers from Sampdoria. With the news of Emer Bayram, Giresunspor head coach Hakan Kelesh also seems to be pushing for the transfer of the 31-year-old. Leo Dubois Galatasaray has announced a secondary strain and tear detected in his right back muscle. Talks are that it may take six weeks for his recovery. Now on to the signings. 28-year-old, almost 29-year-old Frederick Micho has signed with Galatasaray. Details more from Yasin. And finally, we can say that Lucas Torreira and Dries Mertens have also signed for Galatasaray. More about that from John and myself. That was basically the past week. Did we forget anything? I think that's it. That should cover it. I you think know the big, the big ones, the transfers there. I think that's what's what's on everyone's minds. You know yeah. what? Nobody seems to talk about, including a shit ton of reporters on Twitter, is Ali Akman signed with Göztepe. Yeah, yeah, that got over- overshadowed quite a bit in the midst of everything that's happened in the last, I guess, two days. But that's surprising. That like how, that that totally came out of nowhere. Even like that picture that came out a few days ago, where it's like, oh, Ali Akman, he's in Istanbul. He's you know, like it looked like he was getting ready to sign for us, and then out of nowhere, nope, going to Göztepe. Uh, yeah, everyone acted like it was a done deal. But in the end, he went to Göztepe. Apparently, there was a slight issue with the uh, the buy clause, so it was a loan option, and then an uh, and then a buy clause at the end. And somehow they just gave up on it, and he went to Göztepe, which is interesting. How do you feel about that, Yasin? Upset. Uh, I did want him. I, I've always liked Ali Akman since he was at Bursa, or since he had that good season at Bursa, and then he went to Europe. Uh, the excitement of him playing with his two cousins, the same club as his uncle, yeah. that was even something more to look forward to. And now, he did go to a yellow-red team, but it was the wrong one, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, it looks like Gusebe does have a buy option, mm-hmm. but I didn't see how much it is. Deep inside, I'm not giving up on this one. Um, I would not be surprised if next year we're after him again. The leverage that we do have is that he wants to play for us. So I think if he, if he does well, hopefully, in TFFA Birinji League this year, you know, puts up 15 goals or so, we might be able to approach him and his club and say, you know what, look, he wants to come to us. We'll buy him for five, six mil, whatever it is, and hopefully try and finish it then. But uh, I, I wish him luck. Uh, I am upset, but I hope we have plan B and C now too. Yeah, I, I'm sure, like, aside from Ali Akman, we have someone else, a strawberry that's coming, like all the news is uh, aiming at. <laughs> because you know, we know what they say. Galatasaray is a sexy club. On a on a personal level, with that, one thing that bothers me, it just <laughs> it sort of annoys me, is that. So I like collecting things. Yeah. Okay. I I collect Galatasaray shirts. I have a ginormous Pokemon card collection. <laughs> I like I enjoy collecting things, right? And I wanted to collect the last Akman. <laughs> he's missing he's missing from our collection man we have them all except him how could you not sign him just based on that you got to complete the collection there's one missing man yeah just that bothers me but we didn't catch them all we didn't catch them all exactly exactly bro and you know like when you have uh three akmans it's only one license right so it's like a three for one deal as well <laughs> i guess <laughs> that's a shame that's a big shame yeah on my side, I just 
find Seferovic and his family very cute. I'm seeing a lot of Instagram posts, <laughs> uh, how they're really enjoying Turkey. His wife is awesome. She loves Turkey. She's studying Turkish now. She loves Uludağ Gazoz, you know, from Bursa. It's just, just great adjustment, and I hope he will do well with us. Before we go too much into depth into the news, shall we do the transfer homework that I gave you guys? Let's hear it. Because, yeah, you know, it. Yasin, you keep shitting on me off the record. <laughs> now, you're going to have it. Let's wait, see wait, what wait, you wait, prepared. Wait, wait. I, I, okay, I, di- I didn't shit on the record of anything you said. So you can shit off on me off record too, but just don't do it on the podcast. No, no, no. You do enough of that. You do enough of that. I've had enough. I've had enough. It's time to, to get back to the shitting on Yasin track. All right, all right. <laughs> so let's see what you prepared, you know? You, you thought it wasn't a good idea to do this. Just saying. <sighs> <laughs> so in order, the next transfer we had was Frederick Micho, and uh, Yasin prepared us something. Let's see. Here we go. Frederick Micho. Who is he? Good question. A lot of us didn't know either, but I think we'll get to know him quite well over the next three years. Just maybe, Frederick might become a fan favorite. Let's get to know Frederick a little better and where he came from. Beginning first with his cup details. Frederick was purchased for 3.5 million euros. It's a three-year contract and we're paying him 975,000 euros a year. Well below the 1.3 million euros that was rumored beforehand. Frederick is 28 years old, born August 11th, so his birthday is around the corner. He's turning 29 soon, and he's Norwegian. He actually has 11 caps for Norway, five of them last year in 2021. As for his prior clubs, let's say he left an impact every club he went to, beginning with his Norwegian club, Rosenberg. Misho is a product of Rosenberg, making his debut at age 16 in 2010. During his time there, Misho helped Rosenberg win three back-to-back-to-back titles between 2015 and 2018, while winning two domestic cup titles. So this guy is a winner. Maybe not at his most recent club, but the guy knows how to win. It was his performances here at Rosenberg that helped pave his way to his next destination, which was Dutch club AZ Alkmaar, where he would spend the next five seasons playing an average 40 games a season or 3,400 minutes. Sounds like a reliable guy, huh? Well, that's what we're getting with him. So he's reliable. That's good to know. But how about the type of player he is? Where he'll fit in the system, right? Well, he's a midfielder. And I purposely don't specify his position because, well, he can play pretty much anywhere in the midfield. Michaud primarily plays in the number eight role, but is very capable of playing the number six as well. He is the type of player you can throw on the field and trust to put in an absolute shift. He'll keep the opposition awake and on their toes. He enjoys going into tackles and leaving no blade of grass untouched. After a quick little search, I was happy to see that Ajax, Feyenoord, and PSV fans were quite happy that he's leaving the Dutch league and AZ. So that's Frederik Misho for you. Prior Norwegians, Omar and Linnes have never caused issues for Galatasaray. Here's to hoping that Frederik, like them, turns out to be a reliable, trustworthy player that does not cause issues for us. <laughs> Yasin, why do I feel like you're trying to f*** me with that clip? <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, what are you going to shit on him for now, buddy? Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's hear it, bro. I'm, I'm all ears. <laughs> nah. I definitely made a couple of mistakes in there, but... I liked it. I liked it. The, the song is fire, though. It's like, uh, I think I know this song. This is from Eurovision, right? Yeah, it's, it's a Norwegian song uh, from 2009 Eurovision. The guy that ended up winning that year played this song. And it's a Norwegian, it's based off of like Norwegian folk music. Yeah. So I was looking for something, you know, that's exciting. Uh, obviously. Yeah, um, you were very you know, excited. There was like Viking yeah. type music. I mean, I didn't want to be like too excited. <laughs> I, but I, I don't know. All right. Yeah. You know what? I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm embarrassed now. <laughs> Emre, what did you think of uh, was good. Yasin's performance? Yasin, you did a great job, bro. Good job. I don't know. You guys like the song. I didn't really vibe with it that much. It's like like Norwegian folk music meets Turkish house music, and I absolutely hate Turkish house music. <laughs> That's actually kind of true, yeah. <laughs> it's a remix, right? It's not the it's original. It's a remix. Yeah, yeah. I know, but yeah. like the, just that, that whole beat, mm-hmm. it's like, ugh, I can't. I can't. But you did a really good job, Yasin. A plus. You gave us the facts, mind, bro. bro. Exactly. Gave us the facts. You did good. You get to retry on our next strawberries, Yasin. Yeah. Next strawberries? Okay, I'll try again. <laughs> so who's next in line? You know, honestly, it's not official, but they're here. They're in Istanbul. They're at Galatasaray. We haven't gotten the official figures on salaries yet, but we have prepared something for them. Which shall we do first? Emre, you get, you get to pick. Um, I was most excited for Torreira, so let's go with Torreira. Okay, so I prepared that one. Let's see. Here we go. Who is Lucas Sebastian Torreira di Pasqua? Born in 1996 between two big countries like Argentina and Brazil, in a small place called Uruguay, he started playing football with a small local club called Institución Atlética Sud America in the city where he was born, Montevideo. Very quickly, a club known for raising great young talents, Montevideo Wanderers signed him in 2013 at age 17. Obviously, this was the place for him to start his career, as it did not take long for the eyes of Italian scouts to notice him in Uruguay. Just like his captain Mustera and other Uruguayans, his first adventure started in Italy. After his first season at Montevideo Wanderers, the Italian club Pescara transferred him for 375,000 euros for their under-19 team. In 2016, he went to Sampdoria for 3 million euros and in his 3-year spell became the irreplaceable midfielder. He was barely 21 years old and all the weight of the midfield was resting on his shoulders. After his call-up to the Uruguayan national team, who got defeated at quarter-finals against France, Torreira was surely noticed. The same summer, Arsenal signed him for 28.65 million euros in 2019, a much-needed player for their underwhelming squad at the time. Torreira played 50 games, where he scored 2 goals and gave 5 assists. In 2020, the next season, Torreira played great, but it was Arsenal that was experiencing their worst season as they ended 8th in the Premier League. Arsenal needed a revamp of their squad, and with this reason, in 2021, he was loaned to Atletico Madrid. He couldn't adjust well to Atletico Madrid, and then was loaned to Fiorentina in Italy, where he found himself again. Arsenal scouts gave positive reports about him, but the coach Arteta did not consider him in their game plan. With this reason, a chance to buy Lucas was born. Two seasons ago, buying Torreira would have been seemed impossible. But thanks to Arteta's decision, Galatasaray had put him on the transfer agenda for a very cheap fee. If we were to look at his stats, we can say he's a great soldier. 
Stealing the ball seems to be a number one skill set. Looking at his physical attributes and his style, we can compare him to players like Berati, Kante, and Barella. 1.66 cm tall and his average run distance on the field prove this. He's very present in the midfield. Whenever the ball is lost, he's there to recover it. He loves to dribble with the ball, makes runs with and without it. His short and long passes are also very good and that helps him gain control of the midfield. Box to box midfield player would be the best name for him. Oscar Tavares coaching Uruguay in the 2018 World Cup made him play the best suited formation for him, 4-4-2. As many Turks know, the Baklava formation. This formation increased Torreira's performance up towards the sky. In the same way, in 2019, Onai Emery gave him the second number 8 in their 4-2-3-1 formation. With Arteta coming into the team, he was played as a number 6 regista and was the main man for moving the ball from defense to offense. This just shows the many versatile positions he has played. We know Okan Buruk will switch between 4-2-3-1 and 4-4-2. Next to Sergio Oliveira, the dynamic player will be Torreira. The biggest question mark for Torreira was his performance at Atletico Madrid, but his performance at Fiorentina erased the question marks completely. Okan Buruk finding his Selçukinan with Sergio Oliveira has now found his Felipe Melo. We should say his pacing is much higher than Melo, but unlike Melo, he is less offensive and close to the goal. The biggest elephant in the room is of course his length, which indicate he won't be scoring much headers. But who knows, time will only tell. Okay. <laughs> okay. Very professional, very professional summit. What's my those? score? A plus. You, me. You, ah, you just try hard, man. I have to. I don't know. I have to give you a nine or ten. You're so. He's the nerd bro. of the class. <laughs> yeah, always have been. Always have been. Honestly. <laughs> well done. I take pride in it as well. So that's no problem. You know, it's funny, Summit. You, you mentioned Felipe Melo. Both him and Torreira both played at Fiorentina at one point. That's right. Yeah. yeah. There's oh, lots shit. of crossover. What what I really liked is I didn't need to go and dig in a lot in who, into his career history, like with Seferovic, because he's young. He's young, dude. He's not that old. Like, he, like here, just a few clubs and he's with us. Yeah. Arsenal paid a shit ton of money for this guy. Yeah. That really is, uh, that, that is the transfer of the year, I think it has to be. Like for his age, what his value is, you know, how we've already seen him play in the Premier League, in the Serie A, like what a transfer that is in the position where we needed it the most. That is just fantastic. Yeah. Unofficially, they're saying 6 million euros transfer fee, salary of 2.75, which is completely acceptable for a player of his caliber. Wow. What are you expecting from him? What, what do you think he's going to bring to the table? What, what do you think we'll see when he's on the pitch? Everything that we saw today that Fernando did in terms of defensive ball stealing against us from Antalya Spor. I, I really loved watching him, but we'll get to that with the match performance review. He's going to be an aggressive guy on the field, right? Uh, mm. I think he's going to lead by example. Uh, just having one guy kind of like dictate that aggression, trying to steal the ball move forward with it, that's going to motivate other players on the field too, whether he tries or not. And I look forward to that. We, we, we kind of missed that today. Sergio tried, but that's not really what he does. Berkan, like you can only expect so much out of him, right? So I think he, <laughs> Oh, really? He, can we? Well, we'll, we'll, talk about that too. That. we'll talk about that too. But my, my <laughs> opinions on Berkan 
are slowly trying to change or starting to change a little bit. After today's performance, I, I was left a little disappointed. Um, he's not in my plans anymore. I mean, I never really said he's a starting 11 player, but even off the bench, it's kind of questionable at this point. <laughs> it, it, he's such a belly dancer, this Yasin. <laughs> supports Fenerbahce, supports Besiktas, says Berkon is the next big thing, and now he says he's not even a bench player. I don't know what when, to do with Yasin. When did I say he's the next big thing? When did I say that? We have uh, it all on record. Go ahead and listen to them. Prove it. Prove it. Show me a soundboard of I'm that not, one too, <laughs> Okay, I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So... I feel what does what does Emmer think of Torreira? I feel like he's just the type of player. I mean, he's not Brazil, he's not that big Brazilian CDM that Emmer has always wanted, like Fernando Melo. Mm. But Emmer, I feel like he's gonna do a good job too. What do you think? Like you said, he's gonna be the guy. He's gonna be the conductor of this team. I feel he's gonna be telling what to do, where to go, how to like progress the team forward when they need to. He's gonna be that guy that sits back and tries to you know counter any you know a team that's coming towards us, right? So if we lose the ball, we can't get the ball back. They have it. He'll be the first one in there yeah. to try to get the ball back. And like that attacking presence from our CDMs, like we haven't seen it for a long time. We haven't seen that from any of our like recent midfielders. And we failed with that. And he's just, he, despite his short stature, the guy, the kid is really like physically good too. So people always bring up his height as, a, as an issue. But remember our... 96 to 2000 era, who was our midfielders? Okan Buruk and uh, Emre Belizola being two of the shortest players I've ever seen. And they bossed it. They won four in a row. Four cups in a row. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) That's going to be Torreira. (laughs) When we score, that's going to be what he says yeah. every single time. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Bro, just just that energy, man. Yeah. The, The energy. The comparisons between him and Felipe Melo, they keep popping up. And it's like, when Felipe Melo is probably my favorite player ever, by the way, just, just so you guys know. And I don't think he was that good of a footballer in terms of like his technical ability. I don't think he was that good, mm-hmm. but he was an absolute anchor in the middle of the pitch, like won the ball. Like I've never seen a, a player with that type of motivation, that type of passion. And he, I don't think he was that good. He wasn't that good with the ball. It's just his motivation and his passion was just absolutely off the charts. Like he would command the team. He would get under the other team's skin. He would win the ball. He would score. He scored a bunch of goals against Besiktas. Like he would do it all. He would do it all without being that good. And I see all of those things in Torreira and he's really good. He's a really good player mm-hmm. technically So what as well. you're saying is Melo is the Fatih Terim of CDMs. Is that what you're I telling honest, me? I, you know what? That's exactly <laughs> what I'm telling you. Honestly, he's so, he is so, so good. And he, if it wasn't for him, that success we had in that time period, I don't think for sure we wouldn't have some of it because he played such a huge role, man. And... You know, I can't wait to see Torreira play because I see a lot of those things in him as well. It's that South American passion, man. I love it. You mentioned something about getting under people's skin. I think it's a very important aspect which we didn't have for a very long time. None of the players that we had was like this. And now with Torreira coming, I mean, (laughs) we've seen (laughs) how he screams, right? You've heard it. And and now Mertens coming in as well. 
getting under people's skin is, I guess it's part of football, you could say, because you can really throw off some people. We've seen it live. When I went to Marsilia in the Galatasaray Stadium, the atmosphere and whenever he got the ball, the fans would scream and yell their hearts out. He couldn't play the whole game. He didn't play. Uh, what was his name? Gunduzi. <laughs> Gunduzi, yeah. Yeah, I call him Gundus. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, uh, man. It's even, the, it's, it's even the little things too. Like, uh, you know, we, we might be a little bit flat or something, a little bit slow out of the gates. All of a sudden, Felipe Mello will run halfway across the pitch. Huge two-foot tackle, win the ball. Yeah. Everyone in the stadium starts going crazy. He starts throwing his hands up. Yell. Like, it's just the spirit. It's so contagious. His attitude and his passion, it's so contagious. And I, I really, really think we're going to see that with Torreira as well. So we'll see, man. It's, Who do we it's, have it's from good. last year that was like that? That you can pick out from our midfield that can bring the like that fierce, you know, no one. What you call Thailand? It? Like Thailand, maybe? No, absolutely no. not. <laughs> Are you crazy? No. Yeah. Have you seen his shirt? Nobody, no, dude. He's quiet. Thailand's like a calm ass. <laughs> That's guy. what I'm saying. Yeah, There's no. Yeah, we don't, calm, we don't have man. anybody, bro. We don't have anybody yeah. to answer. Yeah. It's question. an important. It's an, it's important. It's it's Donk. all it's all Ryan mind Donk. games, man. He was a player like that but he left right from time to time he would show that yeah i was so marco was the only that. person that can bring that intensity from last year oh, yeah. that was the only person oh, yeah. marco of course yeah and he left but so. you want to see that in the midfield exactly so uh, yeah three smertens boys are we ready for john's homework i'm ready all Let's right do it. here we go who is Dries Mertens? On August 6, 2022, Galatasaray announced that they began negotiations for the transfer of Dries Mertens. The 35-year-old Belgian international forward joins Galatasaray from Napoli on a deal that will reportedly earn him a yearly salary of 4 million euros. Born in May 1987 in Leuven, Belgium, Mertens began playing football at the now-dissolved club Stade Leuven during his time in the Leuven youth system. Anderlecht scouts spotted Mertens and realized his potential as a professional footballer. In 1998, he was given the opportunity to join the Anderlecht Youth Academy where he spent five years. In 2003 though, at the age of 16, Mertens was released from the Anderlecht Academy after coaches believed he was too short and physically incapable of competing at the professional level. After being released, he signed with another Belgian side Ghent, where he spent two seasons before being loaned out to Belgian third division side Eintracht Alst, where he was named player of the year. After returning from his excellent loan spell, Ghent released Mertens because again, they believed that he was too small to play at a high level. Mertens would try his luck in Netherlands spending seven years in the Eredivisie, making 108 appearances for Apeldoorn, 69 appearances for Utrecht, and 62 appearances for PSV Eindhoven, scoring a combined total of 85 goals. Proving himself at the professional level and showing the world that he can compete at the highest level despite his physical limitations. On June 16, 2013, Mertens made his career-defining move to Napoli, where he became Rafael Benitez's first signing as Napoli manager for a fee of 9.5 million euros. Mertens would make a name for himself in the Serie A and on the international stage, spending nine years with Napoli, making 345 appearances across all competitions, scoring 130 goals and making over 60 assists. During this time, Mertens has become the all-time leading goal scorer for Napoli, passing Diego Maradona, Marek Hamšík, and Lorenzo Insigne. At the international level, Mertens has represented Belgium at four major tournaments being included in squads for the 2014 World Cup, 2016 Euro, 
2018 World Cup and 2020 Euro, making 105 appearances in total with 21 goals and 15 assists for Belgium. Mertens is known to be a very versatile player. Naturally a winger that can play on either the left or right, Mertens was converted into a striker by Maurizio Sarri and was also used commonly as an attacking midfielder. He is known for his speed, creativity, agility and dribbling abilities which are all complemented by his low center of gravity. This makes Mertens a tricky player and gives him the ability to dribble out of tight areas and beat defenders one-on-one. -on -one. He is also known for having an eye for goal, often scoring from distance from open play and from set pieces as well. Although it is expected that Okan Buruk will primarily use Mertens as an attacking midfielder, Galatasaray now have the flexibility and depth to use him on the wing or at striker in the event of injury or suspension of other players. With the speed and creativity Mertens will have on his left and right side in Kerem and Yunus, and the quality in front and behind him in Seferovic and Torreira, Galatasaray now have what seems to be a team that should have no problem dominating in possession, scoring goals, creating chances, and most importantly, winning football matches. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Soft-spoken, John. Oh, yeah. Soft-spoken. I felt like John was super calm and aggressive at the same time. <laughs> Dominant. <laughs> Had to bring the heat, man. It's, it's Dries Mertens. Come on, man. Got to bring the heat for that. No, I, I, I respect it. I felt like you can't... You have to do something like that when you talk about Dries Mertens. That was good, bro. Good job. Thanks. I think for Mertens, in the last three or four days, it kind of came out of nowhere. And it was like... It was one of those things where... The reports came out and we were like, yeah, okay, like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's because that happens all the time to us. We get tied to a new name every single day. But the crazy thing is it actually happened. That's so crazy. So my question to you guys for Mertens is, do you think it's worth it at 35 years old on a one-year contract in a position where we really need a 10? Do you think he's the guy? Do you think that it's worth it? Yes. Easy. Easy, yes. Not, not only does he play 10, John, he plays the wing, and he can play forward too. And those are all positions that either we're looking for a player to play number one on the team in the XI, or it's a position that we needed somebody to play backup with. So this guy is a joker of a player, and it's one year, right? You're not committing four years and saying, shit, what if he plays good next year, and then he goes to shit after that? What if he... God forbid, gets an injury, and at 35 years old, he's going to take forever to heal. You're committing one year, and I think it's the plus one is what, like, Champions League and other clauses like that. I, I, th I think it's fine. Before I get too into it, I'm curious what y'all think as well. I don't think he's going to be the 10, calling it right here. I, I think they're going to make really? another transfer. Yeah, because I see Dries as a winger backup to Kedam and Yunus, or an option for the striker role or position, I don't see him as a number 10. I think, I think this unit team is going to make another transfer, whether it be Evan dead or not. But uh, yeah, okay, I like the transfer. Like Jason said, it's not a really high risk transfer, but it is a little bit of a hefty price on what he's asking for yearly if the rumors are to be true. Yeah, but 3.2 yeah. million-ish. I've heard more, but if 3.2, I would be okay with that, to be honest with you. <laughs> we pay uh, Gomis 1.7, man. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. And, and from my side, I did kind of disagree with you, Emre. 
Mertens is the perfect player for the built-up squad up until now. We're seeing Yunus, Kerem. We have no real good 10 other than Emre Akbaba. And then we have Seferovic, right? And Mertens can fit in any of those positions and do actually well. Like I said, Okan Buruk is going to switch up tactics a lot in the game. That's what he likes to do. That's what we've seen him do with Başakşehir as well. 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3, 4-4-2. And Mertens can fit that puzzle. So it basically gives Okan Buruk a joker card to use whenever, however, he sees fit to play well, the game. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he can't play the 10 role, but I'm saying I don't think he was bought specifically for the 10 role. Oh, no. We're waiting for that strawberry for sure. Yeah. But I agree. He is the joker card for this team. And Evander, for example, the reports, the latest reports are that it's not a done deal. It's not continuing. But we saw today he posted on his Instagram watching Galatasaray versus Antalyaspor, which is also very interesting. Nobody watches the Super League willingly. So that's got to mean something. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a good point. <laughs> and Mr. Yasin. Yes. How do you see us going forward when Lucas Torreira is here, Mertens is here? What's They'll start? Do you think they'll start? Um, I might need you guys to help me remember if they're fit or not to start playing. Um, I, I don't know if they had preseasons with their club. I, I, I think Burns, what, he, he's a free agent, so he might have not had that proper preseason. Mm-hmm. But Torreira has been practicing with Arsenal. I mean, whether, whether they're like in 100% shape or not, they're still going to do work. So I, I do see them starting. I mean, Sacha Bowie only joined our team a couple of days ago. And of course, he looked like, you know, he wasn't 100%, but he still put in a shift, especially that second half. We'll talk about that when we get to the game. But I see them starting. After seeing Akbaba's performance today and Berkan's today, you know, Berkan, I guess, can get replaced by Frederick Michaud, but we definitely, we definitely need that proper 10 or at least a creative player. And mm-hmm. that's what we're going to get with Mertens. Um, yeah. Because today, you know, the, the creativity came mostly from Yunus. Yunus. Yeah. A little bit of Sergio. And that's about it. You know, we really lacked in that attacking creativity role. So I, I see him playing right away. I, I think as well with Mertens, he sort of checks all the boxes in terms of what I was saying a few weeks ago from, you know, what I think that we need. Like, Let's assume that he'll assume that he'll be playing the ten, scoring goals check, creativity check, making assists check, set piece quality, free kicks and corners check, uh, you know the speed, dribbling check. Like he just fits the criteria perfectly, and like everyone's been saying, and like I said in the in the little piece I put together as well, it's it's such a unique transfer because he can be used in so many different ways. You know, like I'm going to talk about in, in, in the game uh, when we talk about the game today, but there was a few few moments in today's game where Kerem and Eunice were, were coming inside and our fullbacks were very wide. Yeah. And that we're going to, you're, you're going to see some integration with Mertens for, for sure, some interchangeability with Mertens when he's in the middle or, you know, and then drifting off a little wider. Like it's just such a versatile transfer. It gives so many options to Okan Buruk. So I think that was definitely in mind when we brought him in so it's super exciting you know give him a few weeks to get up to speed and then hopefully uh from there 
that's it. We'll, we'll see him from Every there. Every time so we have the control good. of the games, under the control of the games, during the games, we have the, some possibilities, some big chances, some big occasions, something like that. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the input. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that that's going to be interesting with Mertens as well. Um, apparently, he rejected an offer from Juventus, 5 million euro salary as well. They asked him this when he arrived at the airport and uh, he didn't deny it, but he said, I'm here now. I love Galatasaray. This is where we will uh, do great things. So that's yeah. uh, interesting as well. Which, which reminds me, have you guys, you all have watched how Torreira and Mertens arrived in Istanbul, right? Yes. And there was this Gese TV reporter that, well, he, he, I guess he memorized one English sentence and just went for it. <laughs> Did you see that reaction with uh, Torreira and Mertens? That was just hilarious. It was hard to see with the 240p stream, but yeah. Yeah, that was very <laughs> badly organized, by the way. But indeed, he basically asked, uh, how are you liking it here and they said yes uh, and then Merton said how are you liking Torreira he's a good player right and said, thank you <laughs> and then he went away yeah yeah <laughs> he yeah, pulled that, the that reverse card on him <laughs> yes. can't believe that he, he literally pulled the reverse card on him and that guy was stumped it was so funny but from both <laughs> Mertens and Torreira you could see from their body language indicating that the guy they were speaking to like he they knew, oh, this guy's super nervous. Like they were smiling at him. Like, <laughs> look at how nervous he is and tried to joke around a bit. But obviously, yeah, uh, yeah it doesn't work interviewing people just by memorizing uh, sentences, right? <laughs> yeah, that was also uh, news. I, I don't know if we missed any other because there was so much has happened yesterday on Saturday. A flight tracker had like 167K views. Yeah. Uh, flight radar, it's called. Yeah, they even posted on their Twitter. They yeah. said it's a big day for Galatasaray fans. They posted the link. And uh, that was kind of entertaining like to have it up and seeing, oh, wow, like there's 30,000 people tracking this. Oh, now it's up to 50,000. Oh, yeah. now it's up to 70,000. And then when they enter Turkish airspace, 100,000, 120, 100 is cr just crazy, man. It's just, yeah, the support is just, uh, it's incredible, man. Yeah, there's such a big difference in when teams make transfers. Galatasaray, when they make transfers, is like super different. I, I saw um, Neto, I think, a player arrive uh, to his new club. And there was, it was just crickets, man. Just crickets. And uh, I was like, that's such a big difference. I don't know if it actually matters for a player. Do you think a player yes. cares about this? Yes. I think. Why? See, Why? let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. When I was able to tell what their face expression was through that stream before they like it's when they first came in and sat down, they were like, okay, yeah, this is cool. You know, business as usual, stuff like that. But then Ed and Timur, you know, solved the whole police situation and allowed the fans to come in and then they brought them out and then they did the Uchle. And after they saw what the fans came to do, it was a completely different facial expression on Torreira and Mertens. You can tell they were definitely like moved by that. So it, we definitely put a better, you know, impression on players than any other fan base. I, I think as well, like, because those are big, like, that's a big decision for both players. You know, Lucas Torreira uh, coming Bigger from the for Premier Torreira League. Than yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge decision. It's a really big decision. And I think 
Once they step out and they see hundreds of people singing, jumping, lighting flares, putting scarves around their neck, I think that they just take a second and say, wow, I think I made the right decision, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's not very many clubs that can do it like we do it. Istanbul is also like a great place to live in. and Oh, for sure. Arda Turan brought Torreira and Mertens. Mertens spoke to Snyder and Snyder gave him good report about Istanbul, about the club. He said, basically, just sign. And uh, Torreira spoke to Muslera and he actually today, after the match, in the post-match interview, confirmed that as well, that he spoke to Torreira. So definitely helps being in a great city as well. I also heard that uh, the Arda Turan connection with Godin, Godin also spoke to Torreira, apparently, Mm -hmm. not confirmed, but I also heard this as well. Yeah, apparently he's been working behind the uh, curtains uh, on helping out uh, Galatasaray with these transfers as well. That's what the rumors are. This is what Arda Turan's going to do, then I want him around our club. This is helpful for us, so I I like what he's doing then. Associated on salary or not, Arda Turan is a Galatasaray embodiment, if you ask me. I know he had a lot of controversy, but I do not doubt his love for Galatasaray. And it's like, I would do anything like for no fee for Galatasaray. It's fine. If I can do it, why not, you know? I'll question his like personality and everything, but I will never question his love for Galatasaray. That's that's yeah. That's one thing you can't question. Exactly, you can't take from him ever. Exactly. So, any other specific points you guys want to discuss before we go to the match performance? I don't think so. I think we can get into the match. Do you want to do the introduction, Jen? Yeah, sure. All right, let's. So, uh, is our transition? Yeah, match day one. Oh, (laughs) transition. All right, so match day one, we were away to Antalya Sport in Antalya Stadiumu. This one finished 1-0 with some late dramatics um, from Galatasaray. We, we, we took three points here. I'll start, we'll give the starting 11. Uh, so we started with Muslera, the backline, Boy, Nelson, Abdulkerim, and Patrick Van Anholt. In the midfield, we had Sergio Oliveira, Berkan, uh, Emre Akbaba. On the left and right, we had Karam, Yunus, and striking, we had Seferovic. Um, this one, in this match, we had 50, at the end of it, we had 56% uh, possession, which uh, the match didn't really start off that way. That's not that telling of the whole match, I don't think, but that, that was the stats. And we finished with five, uh, sorry, four shots on target and Antalya with four as well. Um, I can get into the match if, if, if that's okay. We can kick it off, maybe talking about the first half. Um, look, I think everyone knew this was going to be a tricky match. You know, Nuri Shahin has really come in and taken the reins from Talia. They were 16 games unbeaten to finish the season. Uh, we knew this was going to be a tricky one. Um, the, this, this match started, Antalya came out of the gates very fast. I think we got a bit caught off guard with the speed they were playing at. We couldn't really settle in for the first 15 minutes. We had to kind of weather the storm there. I don't know if you guys noticed as well at the beginning of the match, the first few minutes, it looked like they were trying to exploit Abdul Kerim on his side. Like they were playing these long over the top balls past him and they almost scored on one. Like Muslera came out really far and sort of headed the ball away. So there was a few shaky moments at the beginning, you know, while we sort of settled into the match. Um, 
But uh, the first half was uh, more or less, it was a bit of a choppy game as well. We picked up a couple of yellows in the first half as well. Uh, Muslera made a hundred percent, I mean, goal save. Like uh, it was all, it was pretty much one-on-one and the player tried taking the touch around and Muslera got a hand on it to poke it away. And then the first half finished with some dramatics as well. There was a penalty. Um, Luis Adriano was on the penalty and Muslera saved it. You're, you're hearing the soundboard click, the clip of Torreira screaming at the top of his lungs. He was watching the match. So that was the first half. What did you guys think about it? What did you see in the first 45 there? Muslera responded to all the bullshitters and gossipers today and reminded everyone again that he is who he is for Galatasaray. Basically, he's back. And all the players that we saw last season, whenever they were asked who's the hardest working person, they said Muslera. And it just shows again, he's very prepared. He's very focused. And he brings us championships. And this was a game today that we will talk in May again and say, this was the game that brought us the three points that made us champions. Because it was a very important game, very important three points, and we got it. And I also made some money on the side, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot to say. There's a lot to say. The referee, uh, the decisions. Uh, I don't know if this referee was new or not. Because he is not. He was very harsh. Very harsh. Lots of yellow cards. Lots of bullshit decisions. I don't want to get into being sports or whoever is um, broadcasting this, not showing the positions where we got yellows. Uh, because, yeah, I just... Told myself today I'm not going to talk about referees. So let's talk about the game. How did you find Seferovic this game? Well, it's hard to say. He didn't get much service. Mm-hmm. I was so disappointed with that. We couldn't get him any quality chances, really. And I think that's what we should have been looking for. But, but, but keep in mind as well, I thought that we were extremely wasteful in front of the net. Like There were mm-hmm. so many good chances that were just spoiled by a bad touch, a bad pass, a bad decision, a bad shot. Uh, otherwise, I think we could have scored two or three today. But just lacking service for Seferovic, and we really need to improve that. And hopefully with our new transfers like Mertens, we, we will improve that. Mm-hmm. Hey, Seferovic had a good preseason. Uh, what was it? Uh, two goals, two assists uh, in, in two matches or something like that? Yeah. And um, I was going to say, uh, yeah, Severovic didn't get much in terms of service in front of the goal, but they we did try to supply him with a lot of, you know, passes so he can play it off and then, you know, lay it off to the next player. And he did squander a lot of those positions, which I was very disappointed to see. And if we go to your wasteful comment, so on our end, we had Muslera that stopped all the you know, balls coming through. He saved us the game. And for Antalya, really, it was the post that saved him. And thanks to Emre Akbaba. Because Emre Akbaba was probably <laughs> the most wasteful player on our team. And I mean the most wasteful. Yeah. There was this one position that absolutely drove me nuts. I think it was Yunus who tried to square the ball in to the middle. And Emre Akbaba is past the ball already. Like, you have, just leave the ball. No, but what does he do? He turns around, does a 180, extends his whole leg out as if he's going to, tr- like, score off of that. And he squanders a position. I think it was t- um, Oliveira or someone that could have had a clean shot towards the goal. It was just many, many, like, positions like that that Emrak Baba squandered, and I just can't 
this is why I'm always said that he is just a uh, a friendly machine, right? He's the king's king yeah. of friendlies. We can't rely on Emrak Baba to go into the season. I think we're gonna get a ten after t- after seeing that today. I I really yeah. want to see Mertens on the field. Both players who did really well in the preseason actually didn't do that well this game specifically. Emre Akbaba was on fire preseason. Like, he was everywhere. Seferovic as well. So, it's going to be interesting uh, how, we, uh, how, how we go forward with them. But I haven't given up hope. It's first game. They still need to gel. There's still players to arrive. And uh, Okan Buruk will I have probably hope. utilize them. I well. have hope. For Seferovic, but for Emre, I just I don't know. <laughs> Why I think at max, haters, man. at max, I see him <laughs> as a basically unadola player. To be honest, with you. I'm being real with you because I I just don't think when it like when pressure is on, I don't see Emre Akbaba perform mm. well. Yeah, Yasin, do you think he was the worst player on the pitch today? Yes, <laughs> I do. Yeah. I'm just I'm just I'm just looking at our eleven. I agree with Emre, actually. I don't think Seferovic was that great today. I wanted to see more hustle from him. Mm-hmm. There were a few times where the ball kind of just... So what we did today a lot was we just kind of... I don't want to say we bombed the ball forward, but more often than not, more often than I like to see is we just kick the ball up to Sefo and hope he kind of controls it and lays it off. Sometimes the ball would be like a little bit over his head, a little bit to the side, and I didn't really see that aggression, that hustle to kind of like, okay, you know what? The ball is going over me. Let me still like chop my hardest and like get it or you know if it's going to go over me let me sprint and like put pressure on the defender i didn't see that so much and it's okay maybe that's just not who he is as a striker bro they were in hell like, the humidity in antalya i don't know exactly man. i can't exactly, breathe exactly. there Ooh. so I, I i can't put too much pressure on sefo for what he did today but like emir akbaba like ah, i i just didn't see anything exciting from him he, he constantly reminds me that he's not a number 10. Like when I get like when I start thinking about our squad and do the planning, for some reason, my dumbass always keeps putting him, okay, he's, he can play number 10. No, I he can't. Like he he just doesn't know how to play number 10 because he's not that guy who's going to check in to Sergio and Berkan, ask for the ball in the middle of the pitch, turn around and distribute it to the wings or dribble at the, at the midfielder or defender and try and do something. That's what you expect from a number 10. He doesn't do that. So many times today, Emrak will piss me off. Emrak's example was great. But he gets the ball, and instead of trying to turn around, he just passes it backwards. Too many times when he just didn't need to do that. He's trying to shoot balls that I've never seen him make any great goal <laughs> yeah. with before. Like yeah. He's trying to shoot from like 35 yards out one time yeah. at the weirdest angle when he had a pass to make. What are you trying to do? Yeah. And that, that, again, I think Emmer made a great point. Maybe he's not really a big team player. Maybe he can't handle that pressure. I don't want to like criticize him too hard, too quick, but it, it's not looking too great for him. And it's like in in a match as well where, you know, it was such a choppy match and we were having so, so many issues settling in, keeping possession. We couldn't build out of the back. And it's like when we, the precious moments we were getting the ball, he was doing that, like trying to shoot from 40 yards out. Like it, but really bad decision making. But I think if we maybe we can switch gears, I think Abdul Kerim was pretty good for the most part. I didn't really like him in preseason. 
And I'm not saying, you know, we should just ride this out. I, I still think we should sign another center back as well. But I think he was pretty good. And I saw the mm-hmm. stats for him after the match, which were good stats as well in terms of winning the ball, completing passes, things like that. So I was happy to see that because I was very worried about it. Um, do, did you guys see that as well? Do you think he can be trusted or, you know, are you still on the fence about him? Um, we were spoiled, exceptionally spoiled with mm-hmm. Marcao. The yeah. Marcao, it comes once in a lifetime and Abdul Kerim is good. He's enough. Because we were spoiled, we don't see that, of course. We think he's bad, but he's been taking on Marcao's role fairly well. If you watch the match carefully, whenever there were long balls, whenever there were movement from Antalya players towards their forwards, Abdul Kerim was right on their back. He even got yellowed for, for it once, unjustly. But he was always there. And I think he did a good job. I don't think he was bad this game at all. And I don't understand the criticism. Uh, sure, uh, preseason he made a, a mistake here and there. But uh, I, I trust him. He has confidence. He has experience. Uh, together with Nelson, I think they'll, they'll be just fine. We, let's just hope we don't have um, injuries there. Because, uh, you know, we have the El Bomba that, that's ready to come in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also, he's a foreign for the foreign rule, but yeah, go ahead. Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah, yep, that, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> it's yeah, like uh, Trabzonspor. Uh, who did they sign? Ismail Köybaşı. And basically, on the signing, he said, uh, Well, you can thank uh, TFF uh, foreign rule for, for your <laughs> signing. This is <that's> ridiculous <laughs> yeah, thing <that's>... to say. <laughs> My god, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. Exactly. I was, I was gonna say, I actually liked him. Uh, more in the second half than the first. Yeah. First half, he, he seemed a little bit anxious. Uh, I don't blame him. He was trying to beat way too many p- players in the same play. Mm-hmm. He might make an extra dribbler. So before you know it, he's like past the midfield line trying to take on the third or fourth guy. If he can get used to realizing, okay, you know what? I This is one step too many. I thought he was good. His aggression was good. Uh, he he went in for headers all the time. He he tried. He's always putting fifty fifty challenges in. He goes into tackles really hard. Uh, he almost got hurt in the second half going into one challenge on the left side. But it's good when you have a defender that makes forwards aware that they are there. You know, like don't forget, I'm I'm the guy that you have to pass if you get the ball. So he's good at that. Um, a few of his passes long to the wings was not bad either. Uh, I think we'll see. A better Abdukidim every single game going forward. So I, I look forward to him. But um, I want to hear your thoughts on Yunus Akin. I feel like we really need to talk about Yunus Akin today. Like we really need to talk about him. Before Samad said two of the guys during preseasons that were good were not good today. There's Yunus Akin who was really good in preseason and who was even, even better, better today. Yeah. Yeah, like bro, that ball, like he he's, he put a magnet in the ball, I think, yeah. and uh, one in his cleat, because the way that he moved with that ball was phenomenal, man. Just glued to his foot, man. Just glued to his foot. It's like I knew he was good, but he, I, I don't know. He's just always exceeding my expectations, man. He's so good. His dribbling and the way he gets out of tight spaces, the way he takes players on. Even like his final pass as well. It's just, it's just so, so good. And, you know, like we've been saying, I think definitely he has a higher, ceil- a higher ceiling than Kerem. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do this season. He's such a special player, man. There is some yeah. news about Yunus Akin. 
an offer was received of 7.5 million euros with a sell-on mm-hmm. uh, fee of uh, 20% or something like that. I think it was uh, actually Miami. No, uh, LAFC. LAFC, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is, well, no way, bro. No way. I, I've loved him before. He went to Adana. I love him now. He's just such a humble kid. If you watch this interviews, uh, humble beginnings, helps out his mom, dad. Like, he's just... A great lad, and 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 he's a youth product. Don't forget that he's he knows the values of Galatasaray very well as well, just like a, an Arda Turan, if you ask me. People were giving Fatih a lot of crap for sending him away last season, uh, but people really forget he was not great when he was playing with us. He just didn't seem confident, and then that that put a lot of question marks in my head. I'm like, is this kid? He has potential, but is he? Galsaray potential. You know, does he have that potential to be first XI with us? Can he handle the pressure? At first, it didn't seem like it. Then he sent him to Adana Demirspor. I think that was probably the best thing to happen at Yunus in, in yeah. a very long time. Mm-hmm. He had a good coach there as well. There's his turning point. He's turning the corner in his career. Yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. man. So shout out to uh, Fatih So nothing ever ends until we say so. If if there's, there's nothing else you guys want to mention about Yunus... Um, I think speaking of turning point, turning the corner, things like that, in the 62nd minute of today's match, Okan pulled Berkan from the match and put in Micho. And look, I think he was really, really good today, man. He was really good. He looked comfortable right from the first minute. Passing was phenomenal. Positioning was good. He was winning the ball, transitioning forwards, backwards. He got the assist on Gomez. You can see as well after that, you can see what it meant to him. He was celebrating, punching the air. I kind of, you know, I have to admit, I I kind of didn't expect that from him, especially after, you know, I was skeptical after the three-minute video clips of him kicking (laughs) the ball away. But I can tell you right now, I think that's a total myth. And... I was so, so happy to see that, man. He looked so good. Instant impact. That just boggles my mind. Exactly. Exactly, John. Exactly, man. (laughs) So that was amazing to see. Uh, John, you're 100% correct. He he absolutely blew me away. Even though Muslera was man of the match, I would say he he changed the game around completely. This guy is literally doing what Thailand and Berkan do. In one, like he's two for oneer, and, and like our, 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 and better. And our dear friend Okan likes to, you know, say this a lot. He basically did more in forty minutes than they both did in a whole <laughs> season. He got he he basically got us the assist for the Gomi skull, and that brought us three points. Mm. I I can't wait to see him play more. I, we're super spoiled in the midfield now. We have so many options. I love it. Going from Berkan, Thailand, Chikaldao. I forgot. I don't even know what's going on with Chikaldao. I forgot he existed. <laughs> you know, proper ghost, Casper the ghost type stuff going Victoria on. Victoria wants to loan him, apparently. But we'll see. Oh, we should send him immediately because yeah. he's probably going to get no time. Instantaneously. No. The second the email came in asking <laughs> for Chikaldao, I would call him and tell him to start packing his bags, bro. The second it came in, I don't know what we're going to do with that guy now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, what did Emre, you guys think of exactly uh, Sasha like, Bowie? Sasha Bowie. I That's thought, my and your man, but yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah, it, I, you know what, mine too, mine too. I'm, I'm a, oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of him, but love the kid. 
Look, uh, there was some drama before the season. You know, we didn't know what where he was going to go, what he was going to do. I thought in the first half today, it was a little bit of a surprise that he started. Omar before I get into and that. Dubois both are out. So, oh, Omar's out as well. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I thought in the first half, to be honest, I was really disappointed. I thought him and Emre Akbaba were the worst players on the pitch in the first half. But mm-hmm. that could be because maybe he's not match fit and, and you know, things like that. That's what I, I could sort of it's see. It's unfair. But then he came... It's unfair yeah, because he didn't for, have a preseason with us, bro. Exactly. And look at what he exactly. did. And, so, and then he came out in the second half. But unlike Emre Akbaba, he really improved, I thought, in the second half. I thought mm-hmm. he came in and he was winning the ball. Uh, his positioning was good. He was getting beat a lot in the first half. Oh, Shut yeah. that down in the second in the second half. Um, and he was just, it seemed like he was getting back to himself. So, you know, you have to be fair to him, like you said, Summit, because he didn't have that preseason and that time with the the squad that everyone else had. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy to see him back. I'm a big fan of him. I, I didn't want to see him go anyway because he's so young, right? Yeah. But exactly. uh, yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I want to add about Sacha is, like y'all said, first half not so good, second half very good. The maturity that this kid is showing in today's game, I'm impressed with. Number one, the penalty position. Uh, or no, it was the one-on-one. The def- the forward got past Sacha, and that's the one that was sort of extended his arm and got that save. Do you remember that in the first half? Sacha could have easily caused a foul there and get a red card. A lot of players would do that. They would, you know, overly... Mm-hmm. get aggressive you know try and tackle the ball and miss completely get the red card and we'd go man down in the first half Sacha realized okay that's not going to happen and he kind of just you know let the player go he, he was smart about it second half he he realized okay i don't have the same speed that i normally do because i'm lacking that that conditioning he played a little bit deeper he played a little bit smarter he played further back and just made sure that he's there in front of the forward if he wants to try and get past him. Like, he, he wasn't going into tackles all silly. He wasn't making those darting runs down the line because he didn't have the energy or the speed to do it anymore. So I thought that was really smart of him to react to his weaknesses in the first half and put a much better performance in the second half. Sí, considering how considering his conditioning is very poor right now. So I just wanted to add that too. Hugs and kisses. No, I agree. All right, I so agree. is that my my cue to talk, Summit? Since you keep uh, soundboarding my voice, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Demir. I mean, Yasin, you're right. Second half, he basically made gotcha on Talia's left winger non-existent. I don't know what go- went on before the whole season started with Sasha and the unit team and him just like trying to make a move. But I hope they can reconcile and O'Connor can use him in his plans because Sasha is such a such a good player to have in your your arsenal, and he's very young. The sale potential on this kid is huge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what were you saying, Summer? That gotcha, dude, bro. That was so annoying. This guy hugged the ground for ninety minutes long. He yeah. dropped down whenever the possibility was there, and the penalty that they received, which we haven't even talked about, Muslera saving a f- penalty. Which doesn't happen often. He, such he was such fire today, Mustera, and Gacha again. That f- <laughs> utilized the f- goodness or shitness of that ref very well because yeah, he was always he on the ground, always on yeah. the ground. Yeah, yeah. Th- I think my biggest annoyance was that dude, and basically the penalty. That was a f- easy drop. I'm sorry for my language. It's just 
like thinking of uh, those two players and their them dropping down every moment just f- frustrated me a, a lot. Yeah, the, they got the uh, they got the football karma though, which I love. I love oh, yeah. to see that. Oh yeah, flopping, doing all this bullshit. There Muslira, you go. We'll when you save the goal, Muslira yeah. pointed up in the sky. That's yeah, yeah. Allah varolam. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I think maybe just uh, before we, we we wrap up, uh, I really have to applaud. Well, two people. I, first, I'll applaud Okan Buruk for coming in. Uh, they the whole board and everyone did really well with the transfers. I feel like he came in and got the th- the three points. Left it a little late. Gomis with a good finish, which maybe we can touch on. But I applaud Okan Buruk for that. And you just you really you have to applaud Nuri Shahin for what he's doing in Antalya. Mm-hmm. Really, I I mean, when he came in last season, he the way he turned things around were incredible, and they they looked good today. The in the first half, they really had us on our heels. Like we couldn't we couldn't do anything. So Unbeaten I really for 16, 17 games. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I, you have to applaud him for what he's doing, and really, you know, don't be surprised if they go on another run like that in the league, especially when they start playing these other teams that are you know destined for the bottom half of the table. They're gonna they're gonna do well, and they have Nuri to thank for that for top sure. Top five this season. I, I I'll place them top five for sure. With us Wouldn't being be champions, surprised. of course. Uh, we got that winner DNA back. Even when things are looking bad, we won the game. So this is this is exactly we're in the championship vibe. Uh, Yunus after the game he also said we're here to be champions. So it's looking good, lads. It's looking good. Yeah, Okan Buruk definitely did play a big role with our three points today. I mean, the, putting in Gomez was a brilliant idea because I, we were already like overrunning their midfield. Mm-hmm. Mitchell was just putting in work, but the thing is, Seferovic just couldn't handle their back line. So he put in Gomez, created an opening. Mitchell gave him the ball. Bada bing, bada boom. Mm-hmm. And you can uh, soundboard that. Um, <laughs> but bada bing, Dude. bada boom. That, if <laughs> Fatih Tatum did that, that would be on Twitter. It's like, oh, look, Fatih Tatum substitution, winning us the game, yada, yada, yada. So but I Emre. really hope Okan Buruk gets the recognition for that because yeah, I think yeah. he did. You're the biggest Okamburuk guy. You've been screaming he needs to come for like, what, yeah. now a year or two? Like, you've said it from the start. More before, than that. Before Torrey. Thank you, Asin knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forever, before, bro. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well. After he, second championship, five to ten second championship. We I will see. He had, he had a good squad he's building. So, it's looking very good. And, and one thing I wanted to say, yeah, Muslera, we should thank as well. Because if he didn't of save those goals, we could have talked very differently today as well. And we could have talked very differently about Okan. We could have talked yep. very differently about Gomis. Because we did spoke also about Gomis, how he would be utilized towards the end of the game. Exactly what happened today. Came in, the defenders of Antalya Spor had their hands full with Seferovic. So Gomis was just wide open. And then Micho, that was very calm and adjusted his pass perfectly towards Gomez and gave us that one goal that we needed for the three points. So all in all, I'm very satisfied. Um, There's this first game. Everyone still needs to get in track. So it's looking good. It's crazy. Micho, this guy, I I, I don't understand. He's like a machine. He's everywhere. Every single position, whether it's in the defense, midfield, or even attack, he's there. Mm -hmm. Like I can see why all the, you know, PSV... 
Ajax fans and such wanted him gone because he's probably he's like a problem. Mm-hmm. He's uh, I like it, and he's making he's going to be a banger as well. of a player. That's what I'm saying. He's everywhere. Mm-hmm. I see like what Berkan and Thailand aren't doing. He's making those runs. I saw him a few times running forwards. And I guess our team isn't used to that, so they just pass back. But you could pass to him and make another forward play because he was there, you know? It's, uh, Thailand was in the game and I forgot he was even playing because yeah. that's how much work uh, Mitchell was doing. It was terrible, Thailand again. But uh, hey, I think we need to wrap up. Uh, but before we do, I have one question for you guys. I'll start uh, with Yasin. What do you think now of Dursun Özbek with all the transfers that we've had so far? I think he's definitely learned from his mistakes last time, but I don't want to give him too much credit, all the credit, I should say. I think Erdan Tumor is really the man behind everything that's going on. He's a guy that's negotiating. You know, in the beginning we had, what's his name? Cenk. Mm-hmm. What was uh, the bald guy? The sporting director? Cenk Erdogan was the one leading the conversations and all of a sudden he disappeared. He wasn't involved anymore. And then said, you know what? Screw this. Let me do it, right? And once he took over, it's just everything started to fall into pieces, the right pieces, the right places. And I think he's the one that's behind everything. Even the other, bro. Like, I think Adam is, because he's familiar with all the construction business, he's the one that brought in his guys and got that done in like two weeks, bro. Mm-hmm. What gets done that quick in Turkey nowadays? If you want to start yeah, a project, it takes like half a year. That got done in two weeks. That's like China so, yes, level I can, speed. Uh, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I want to congratulate, of course, Tristan Özbek. He's doing a good job. And I congratulate him for picking Adam Tumor as his right-hand man. So that alone was a great decision. Mm-hmm. And I like what I'm seeing so far. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, Sorry. I, I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it. Yeah, fuck Tristan Özbek. What? <laughs> I had a major brain fart. What? I had a brain fart. <laughs> I, I don't understand. <laughs> It's seven seven thirty a.m. on a Sunday. I get every pass in the world. Leave me alone. Okay, I will, Maz. I will have a have a good day, man. Just fuck off. Yeah, fuck Dursun <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, I had to say it one more time on the way out, eh? <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> well, what do you think, Emre, of Dursun You know, I gotta agree with uh, Mazar. Still, screw him. Getting players isn't gonna sway me that easily, like other people. I need to see results. He last time he left, he basically put us in uh, a lot of debt, and we barely got out of it. We're gonna be banned from Europe as well. So where where is this money? I'm not seeing this money. There you go. See, past me knows the real deal. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know where that money is coming from. I guess from Markov's purchase, man. Uh, Sale, I meant. All right, then John, what about you? I don't know, man. I've said a million times he's a crook, he's this, he's There's that. definitely a lot of crookery going on right now. <laughs> there you go. Definitely, yeah, there's some crookery going on here, man. You're damn right there is, John. But, oh, and I'm sure they're just like licking their lips at the chance. <laughs> I still don't know what the context is behind that one, but. It's money. Anyways, um, I don't know, man. I, He's taken some risks here. Like, you know, he's brought in Torreira, who undoubtedly is a great player, but has had some strange issues, you know, complaining about the weather and England as a country and things like that. So that's a bit of a risk. Like, he's bringing in high-wage players where if it doesn't work out, 
I don't know what's going to happen to him, um, but he's definitely bringing in transfers to get the fans on his side. I'll give him that, you know, to get everyone excited, to get everyone hyped about it. Not to say they're bad players. They're very good as well, but I think that plays a part in it. But I don't know. He's taking risks. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to... I won't call him a crook anymore. I, I want to see what happens, but um, I guess he gets one thumb up from me. Not both, but just one for now, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then I think we should close off and um, we should tell our listeners if you like what we're doing, if you have any ideas or feedback, you can reach out to us at the Lions Den GS. It's our Twitter handle. We wish you a very good day. And Yep. Bye bye. Cheers. Later. <laughs>